What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Turn my mic up. For you. Take there. Yeah, yeah, uh. On the road to the riches, life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch who knows in your business. Okay, good afternoon, everybody. How's everybody doing tonight? I, I said tonight. Clearly, this is a cannabis uh, panel, so I might be a little, you know, short term memory loss. Uh, so, my name is Shirali Patel. I'm actually the wife of Akash Patel uh, with Yellow Brick Transport, Yellow Brick Academy. Like Ramel said, our brother, Truck and Hustle, thank you so much for, you know, having us here. I'm an attorney in New Jersey. I was part of the coalition in 2020 that legalized adult use in my home state. I help advocate for people of color primarily and those that have been impacted by the racist war on drugs to get into this industry because we deserve our, our space. Um, I also have a company called Blaze Responsibly, where I do free education, expungement clinics, helping people clear their arrest records. So all around about helping the people do it the right way, the legal way, um, and create a legacy for themselves. And so I'm honored to be here. And uh, it's a full circle moment because I spoke to these guys two years ago about opportunities in New Jersey and not much was going on there, but it looks like we're going to be able to do business together pretty soon. So I'll let these guys introduce themselves and we'll get into it. Thank you. We have actually gone full circle and it, uh, it, it is pretty crazy because two years ago we were on the phone uh, and to, to think that we're sitting here today talking to each other, trying to help and educate everyone else on, on how to get there. Uh, it's been a wild 24 months since that call. But uh, my name is Jordan Kiefer, uh, one of the co-founders and CEO of JK Logics. Um, I'm from Detroit, Michigan. We, I went to University of Michigan been in logistics since I was 18 or 19 years old and started basic one semi-truck, one semi-trailer. And then God has blessed me and we're here today. We've done several different logistics types and now we're talking about the cannabis sector. <laughs> Warehousing, cannabis, trucking, um, import, export, you know, it's eventually, I know we're here talking about cannabis today, but cannabis eventually is going to be like, a, you know, a Snickers bar at your local 7-Eleven. So it might not be in our lifetime or your lifetime, but our kids or our grandkids' lifetime, eventually it'll be full commodity. So to get in front of it, to have the ability to kind of read that market and try to take advantage of it, if your state allows, which is, she can help on, if your state allows, it's a good time to do it. To do it now. Um, but so. My name's Cameron Fritz. Uh, from Michigan, right? Born and raised. Uh, so it was obviously ideal to get into the Michigan cannabis industry. Uh, went to school with this man right here, Corey Kiefer. Uh, pretty much three months after graduation, got a phone call, and the rest is history. Um, so it was pretty, uh, pretty cool moment for sure. Coming out of school at 25 years old, didn't really know right anything about the industry, but had to figure it out from there because it really was a trailblazing industry, right? I mean, it was unwritten, especially the conversation that 
uh, we had about in relation to the New Jersey market. It was how do we write the rules? What do we do? Right. Well, I mean, what are some of the things that Michigan's doing currently? Uh, so it really is a trailblazing opportunity right throughout the United States and, and being that trailblazer throughout. I mean, you're going to pave the way and you're going to set right, set the foundation for the entire state. And on top of that, the entire United States. So. All right, guys, Truck and Hustle has now partnered with Transpo CFO, powered by Venning. Transpo CFO offers a streamlined monthly subscription for businesses to consolidate their accounting, payroll, and tax needs into one flat monthly rate, saving businesses a tremendous amount of time and money while making their financial operations much smoother for the long road ahead. Check out Transpo CFO in the description below and tell them Truck and Hustle sent you. Now, let's get back to the show. Absolutely, Corey. Yeah, Corey Kiefer, um, brothers with Jordan, partners with Cameron. Uh, been blessed to work with my brother uh, at Matrix Transportation and Warehousing, which we spoke about yesterday. Uh, like Cameron mentioned, we met in uh, grad school, and when me and Jordan were kind of starting this idea of uh, uh, beginning JK Logics, and with the time that Matrix was taking on our plate, uh, we were bouncing around ideas on on who would be the best, because um, the, the position that Cameron walked into is pretty tough, is, is grinding from the ground up, you know, starting organically, um, and he instantly was the first guy we wanted to uh, to bring on board, and he's a partner of ours, and um, we're excited, and, and every day is kind of changing in the state of Michigan right now. Um, rules, regulations, legislation, customer bases, uh, you know, customer practices, you know, heads in the state on who's making the rules and, and who's enforcing it. So uh, we got a good thing going. We're nowhere near where we want to be, but um, it's grow or die out there, and, and we're excited to be here. Yeah. So I want to set the stage for the conversation a little bit. Cannabis remains uh, federally illegal. It is still considered a controlled substance. And so of the states that have chosen to legalize, they've all created their own economies. They have their own rules and regulations. Everything's changing nothing looks identical. And so our conversation is really going to be specific to Michigan because every state can decide to do something differently. So take as much as you can, but know that it's really going to depend on, you know, the legislation. So knowing that it's a federally illegal industry, you can't take business deductions, right? There's an IRS code. So, you know, normal business deductions come into a conference like this, flights, no write-offs, just cost of goods sold. It's difficult to get banking, funding. So, you know, what was the toughest part about getting into this industry and, and why did you guys make that transition from Matrix? I'd say the toughest part at that time uh, was, was the licensing. Um, the, at the time, it was all done through VARA and it has since evolved through two different agencies. But the, the, it took six over a year, almost a year and a half for us to get a license. And at the time we, we were getting licensed. During that year and a half, we had to have a building, we'd have an operational staff, we'd have equipment, insurance, uh, everything. We were paying people to pick weeds, but you couldn't take on any business until the state sent you a license. Um, so that flow alone is a very costly deal. Now that barrier to entry is a little thinner, at least in the state of Michigan, because you can get a license in about 90 to 120 days if you do it right and you have a good attorney. Um, 
and that wasn't necessarily anything that we were doing wrong, right? It wasn't right. anything. It's just the rules and regulations. We, we, right. We had to play the game. We had to play the rules. And I think the state didn't anticipate the, the right, growing like a weed, right? The pun intended there. Uh, because, right, there was so much of an interest in it, right? Everybody wanted to do it. So they weren't planning for the infrastructure that they needed from a, a capital asset standpoint, right? They didn't have the people in place. They didn't, right, have the, the jobs that they needed. Uh, to really take this influx of, of applications and people that were just, right, just crazy about it. So. so it requires a lot of manpower, obviously, funding. Talk a little bit about anybody that's looking to get into this industry. Can you talk a little bit about the expenses, you know, some of the funding that was required? How did you get the funding that was required? We raised money uh, internally to, to get the funding, um, but it, it's an expensive, expensive venture. Um, you have to have funding for each license. So there's two licenses. You have a medical and then you have an adult use or recreational as they call it. Um, and first you had to be medical in order to get your adult use. That has since changed. Now you can get your adult use before your medical. Um, but total cost, it cost us about $900,000 um, to get fully up, rolling, launched, survive one year, get our license and take our first customer. And that's as a transportation license, correct? Correct. So, to add on to that is we, our cost was that high because we chose to invest in the best security system we could, the best type of equipment, vans, people, everything like that. So we started knowing that we're going to be in the home for a bit. It's going to be a little bit more expensive, but we pushed the brand. But when you see this shield, you hear of JK Logics that we're serious, we're professional, we're organized. So everything to build the brand, it's it's not cheap to build a really good brand. That's just right. well, the way just, it is. Let's just make it clear, too, that during the 16-month licensing process, I was doing market analytics, right? And drawing the inferences from our customers that we had, right, that I had seen in the industry, saw it, right? I mean, again, one of the, the talking points and topics should be the fact that, right, 70% of these businesses in the United States rely on cash, right? They're, it's a cash-based business because, right, financial institutions, banks, they won't take them. They won't take their money. Why? You'll take their taxes, right? You'll take their tax money, but you won't, right? You won't bank, let them bank. So they, they won't let them bank. So it's cash-based business. And we said, hey, no, we're going to take care of your asset. We're going to take care of your cash, right? We're going to handle it all. Cash transportation, cannabis transportation, whatever you might need, right? We huh. even do retail for retail specifically, right? Uh, change orders for their locations, drop off quarters, nickels, dimes, pennies, right? anything along those lines. So you mentioned during those 16 months that you were waiting, you were doing a lot of marketing and branding. How did you guys stand out from your competition? What would you say like really differentiates you and who is your competition right now in Michigan? In the beginning, I would say equipment. Equipment and our team is what made us stand out. And I, I'll be real quick on this, and then I'll turn it over to Cameron and Corey. But in the beginning, we built our brand, as Corey said. It was, we probably spent a quarter million more than what we needed to just to make sure that we had the best brand to launch to the market with. And then two is team. Our, I mean, our team is, is next level. I can't even explain how good they are. But that, those two things, the team and our equipment off the beginning was our differentiator to the competition. And I'll let those guys go. Yeah, and from like a, a branding standpoint, like on social media, one thing that we had noticed uh, was the industry as a whole, and, and cannabis especially in Michigan, it, it's Instagram. It's not Facebook. It's not Twitter. People are on that, and that's great. But the true interaction 
you know, business to business, customer to customer. It turns out to be friend to friend at that point. Um, so we found that none of our competition, why they had some things, there was no interaction. It was kind of blank posting and, and everything like that. So we kind of put our heads down and really went um, interacting with our customers, promoting our services. You know, we were posting our first van like we had a fleet of a thousand, right? We were so proud of that. But just letting people know we're out there connecting, Instagram messaging, and we've ended up uh, building, you know, I hate to ever say that we're number one, but I think we have a, a really strong social media following on Instagram. We connect with our customers. We kind of came up um, with an idea. Uh, Instagram stories is we'd go around and we just tag. Uh, we take pictures, the team does, and tags the, the not only the customer product-wise, but the dispensary or wherever we may take it. Um, and that's free marketing for them because they can just repost it and repost it and repost it. And that's, that took off. And it led us to Chuck and Hustle and Ramel. And he was hitting us up for months and his patients, we were in the growing phase and he wanted to get us on the podcast and get us on. Uh, we didn't really have time to think straight. So, um, and that blew up. And then with his help and, and how great and, and, and everything he's doing at Truck and Hustle, it's taking it to the next level. So building the brand with us was taking control of the best social media platform that we could. Uh, and the most interactive for sure is Instagram. But it was, awesome. yeah, it was definitely just leveraging the the assets that we had, right? Yeah. The the care, the service, right? The the fact that we are a reputable brand that will represent your brand, right? That's we'll represent true. your brand when we're on site. We'll represent your brand uh, from a professionalism standpoint. I mean, we looked the part, we played the part. Right. We are the part. So. And I just want to go back to the point with social media. The reason it's so important in this industry is because it's federally illegal. You can't do traditional advertising on radio, TV, print. And so you really have no option but to use social media and outlets like that. So it's really key. Longevity in this industry is building a brand because it's going to become like a commodity. So if you don't have that branding and that backing and that customer loyalty, it's really hard for you to be sustainable. So that's, no, that's a great point. And she's, def she's spot on with that because in the state, of, at least in Michigan, you can't do as much as have a billboard. Like we used to have the billboards used to have like, like groceries or specials going on every billboard. If you drive from one state of one side of Michigan to the other side, 90% of them are cannabis billboards. Now you can't do TV. You can't do radio ads. None of that. And Corey actually took a very strong hold of our Instagram and marketing off the bat. And it has it big brands who want their stuff spreading like wildfire as fast as possible. It has actually gotten us additional customers because of the posting, the locations of if they're coming out with new products or if they're coming out with doing a hot deal somewhere or a vendor day somewhere, you know, Corey made sure those were posted and make sure those were on our stories. And I can't explain, uh, as she mentioned, you can't even pay for that right now. If you were, if you were one of those brands, growers, whether it's a celebrity brand or a mom and pop shop, you don't have the opportunity to market yourself really outside of social media or where your products are going or who's selling them. Unless you, you want to spend six grand a month for a billboard. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. So transportation license. And we obviously saw the clip in the beginning. We saw the vans. You know, tell us a little bit about the, the business model. So how many stores you currently, so it's a business to business model, right? You're not doing direct to consumers. Correct. So you're working with retailers, um, other wholesalers, I'm presuming. Yes. How does, tell me, tell us a little bit about your business model, what the deliveries look like, and then how does, how do you price out your contracts? Mm -hmm. So the, the secure transport license in the state of Michigan, uh, the actual definition of it, 
uh, is the cannabis transportation and the cash associated with the sale of cannabis, right? So right then and there, we, again, going back to how did we differentiate ourselves? Well, we said, hey, we're going to deal fully in cash. We're going to diverge ourselves into this, divulge into it, and we're going to figure out how to do, right, all the compliance from it, right? And we said, we're going to take care of it all, right? From A to Z, everything that might possibly arise that relates to the distribution of their product. Uh, so that was really kind of our model there was picking apart all of those, right, the costs associated, time trials, labor, right, doing all that data analytics, market analytics, what's uh, what's Brinks' business plans potentials look like, right, they're publicly traded companies, we would look at other companies within the industry, right, try to draw some sort of data so we could figure out where to start, right, because again, this is a, a brand new industry that you have to trailblaze. Right. So you got to come up with pricing. You got to figure that stuff out. Right. So, again, going back to knowing what you want your margins to be from yesterday's conversation, uh, that's huge. And it doesn't just just come from right mileage. Right. It comes from labor associated with something like warehousing coin cash. Right. So it's it's massive to know these things and understand them. Um, but that was our, our biggest business model was we wanted to cover everything. Right. And, and take care of the customers. But in terms of pricing it out. Uh, from a logistics standpoint, it was just cubic feet based on right our break-even point, right? And again, the the margins associated that we wanted to make to to be a sustainable company and, and continue to push forward was X, and that's what we needed to make. So it was going to be that much over our break-even of X. Would you say so as as a transportation conference, could we compare it similar to how you would do quoting for moving and storage companies? Like, for sure, parcel. Yeah, absolutely. Who does parcel or final mile? Final mile. Um, it's very similar to that. For sure. Um, with the, we saw the vans, and you mentioned Brinks. I think that's one of the best things that you guys did was get some armored vehicles. Tell us a little bit about the types of vehicles you have. You know, the box trucks, et cetera. And then, did you guys have to do any specifications? Did the state of Michigan or did the municipality have any requirements with how you had to have that? We, we didn't have any uh, requirements on that end. It had, the only requirement was that you had to have two operators per van. The, what we decided to do... Did they have to be armed? They do not. They do not. That's, that's just something that obviously we do. That's again, our, right? Going back to the brand and the service and, and right, taking care of your asset, your people, when we're on site, we're there. Okay. And the equipment, um, originally we went with the armor vans. Well, the first van we, we ever got was just a standard... Ford Transit 250 medium roof, not extended, not a high roof, just a standard medium roof that we got out of a company called Incas in Toronto, Canada. And it, it is armored, um, all of, everything about it is armored. It looks like a normal Sprinter van, um, but that was us trying to be using it as a differentiator. Since then we, you know, we have probably six of those, six or seven of those in the fleet, but they're not the Transit 250s. The first one was the Transit 250, and the next four or five are uh, dually diesel Transit 350 HDs, high roofs. So they have extra capacity. They're wider, they're longer, they're bigger, um, and, and they're all fully armored. Now, those vehicles... We've had, we had trouble finding them in the States. Now, I think today in 2022, there's more companies that are out there that are willing to set you up with that sort of cash, cash transit. CIT. CIT yeah. vehicle is what most equipment builders 
or equipment custom builders, we'll call them, is a CIT, cash and transit. And we kind of took the CIT and then made it like a cannabis, a cannabis in transit mm -hmm. and, and try to build it from there. Then we started getting busier and busier and busier as it was commoditizing more in Michigan and our shipments got bigger. So now Sprinter vans weren't really cutting it, you know, as our next step. So then we went to like a 12 to 14 foot box truck. And then from there, you, you, we went to 16 to 18. And then eventually we'll probably be at where it's like delivering food, right? So you have like a 24 foot pup reefer. So you'd be pulling one or two of those with a single axle day cap. But the important thing is the team that's in the vehicle. There's our team that's are in the vehicle are all like we hire veterans. They're trained. Uh, they're, they, you know, they show up. They're very professional. Everyone is in a uniform. Everyone operates the exact same way at every customer and at every drop off. So it's the team in the vehicle that is going to be your differentiator. Yes, your equipment is a differentiator, but the team in the vehicle is, is the one that has your name on, on the shirt, right? So those two combined really set us apart. We have, we had a better team. We have a better vehicle. Those two things, you know, those will set you apart whether you're moving cannabis or you're moving paper. Those are the two most important things. Your brand. Yeah. And with, with the drivers, you mentioned, you know, having veteran owned uh, employees. How do you find, you know, the employees? Do you guys have any partnerships, relationships that you guys find, you know, individuals? And then are, is there any mandatory training that's required? Any we do of? most on Indeed um, and references from current team members. There's some, some team members, obviously, in any organization that uh, if they reference an individual or a family member, you take it a lot more seriously or you know, we make sure everyone knows that they're putting their reputation on the line as well. Uh, we have a great team. We are super particular on who we bring on uh, for a multitude of reasons. We have veterans, um, ex-police officers, um, people with that type of tactical background. Awareness is big for us. So I would say um, being on time, we're huge. In any delivery game, you have to be on time. So if you're late to your interview, you can be the best person in the world. If you can't take the interview seriously, how can I take you to take your first shift seriously? Right. Um, on time, uh, organized, paperwork is huge for us. If we get pulled over and you are carrying and you have several thousands of dollars and hundreds of pounds in the back of the vehicle, the drivers and the team in that van and the officer are going to have a long day. We just don't want that. Um, discipline, showing up on time to your shift, doing what you're supposed to do. Uh, as everyone knows here in the transportation game, pre-trip and post-trip inspections are massive. Um, we are for um, respect for everybody on that team. We have over 30 team members now that are, are currently in our fleet. So there's a lot of personalities. There's a lot of stuff going on. People live their life however they want. But you come through those doors and everyone matters the same. We're also huge on communication so, yes, there's a hierarchy, owners, managers, dispatchers, office members, drivers, messengers, all that. But the communication is linear. If you have a problem and you feel like it's not being handled by someone, you come to one of us. All right? Everyone has our phone numbers. Everyone knows who we are. Everyone can shoot us a text, email, phone call, whatever. But they need to feel like they're heard. Um, and it's a big step in getting people to buy in because turnover is terrible. Right. We spend so much effort in finding the right people and then training them. And there's a lot to learn that we would just be throwing money away if we keep doing turnover and turnover and turnover. So keeping people on is huge with communication, how you treat them. Right? A lot of people yesterday mentioned uh, you got to do what you say you're going to do with the drivers. If you're going to give them Thursday off, they best have Thursday off. 
you know? So then how can we get mad if they say, I'll be in on Monday and then they don't show up on Monday, right? It's a, it's a relationship with your employees that if you treat it right, it's like your marriage or anything else. If you're not treating it right, you're not respecting the other side, they're gonna leave. 100%. So um, it's just super important. We're very picky, um, respect is huge. Yeah. yeah. And not just cannabis, like you said, right? Cause I know my husband talks about it all the time with drivers when he deals with it through Yellow Brick, like they wanna be treated with respect. Yep. They'll go the extra mile for you if you if you treat them like family versus like, you know, you don't. Of course. Um, for everybody that's in the room, what what would you say just high level like tips that you wish you would have known before you entered the industry? Like, you know, if, if somebody was looking to get in, like, what would you tell them? Fresh frozen. Yeah. yeah and reefer equipment. Yeah. Reefer units and, and refrigerated units, right? Um, the, the market itself. So fresh frozen is the process of freezing the uh, crop or right the flower itself. They take it, they cut it down, they cut it right off the stock, put it right into it freezer unit uh and then they ship it to a processor and they don't have to go through the testing and compliance labs to test the product because the natural process of breaking it down or processing it uh kills the bacteria right essentially in the freezing and all that stuff so don't have to have it tested but that was a huge uh also differentiator and a niche in the market uh that we kind of found uh, early on and that also set us apart. So fresh frozen is huge. That's a great tip. Um, looking into the future, where do you guys see, you know, your company in the next five years and, and tell us a little bit about your outlook on federal legalization, because I think we're still a few years out from that. Hopefully New Jersey with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That we'll is definitely the plans. Um, but, uh, I think for the future, you're, you're, I think you're about two to three years out on federal legalization. Um, that early. And that would be pushing it. I mean, it's going to take to write, facilitate, implement, train, implement all states on a, on a universal system, rules, regulations. That alone is going to be a two-year process. She, she can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe at least on my side that it's going to be a two-year process. I think these gentlemen probably have a similar thing. Um, in addition, that is two years in addition to when it is legalized. So not in two years, so probably in four, four and a half. And as far as where I see our company going, I would like to see us, uh, you know, more into the, it's going to be like a cash transportation, like a Garda, like a Brinks, Brinks Brinks, yeah. with a cannabis division. Yep. Uh, on, a, on a nationwide scale. And, and so again, I guess kind of to touch on that, uh, the whole, the whole thing that led us to cash transportation and, and the Garda Loomis Brinks, uh, conversations, right? Was again, touching base with customers and understanding the compliance associated with 8,300 forms. So any, right, cash transaction that occurs or takes place in the marketplace over $10,000, 8,300 forms have to be filed with the IRS. Right. So that's a huge compliance aspect of the cannabis industry because, I mean, that's five pounds of weed sometimes. Right. Like six pounds of weed. I mean, right. So it's, it's nothing. And uh, uh, it's such a high value on these things. So it's a cash transaction that's about to occur. Right. And we said, hey, let's let's divulge into this. Let's take this off our customer's plate. And again, let's figure this out. So we went through the process of basically quartering the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago in Detroit, uh, met them, went down there, uh, obviously got cleared to have access to the Federal Reserve. 
and uh, got a bank, a financial institution to then back us to then move money on their behalf to the Federal Reserve. So then we opened up the opportunity to go to financial institutions to then converse with them and, and obviously try to acquire their business and their books of business for, again, warehousing, vaulting, money, right? Their vaulting storage requirements, because again, a bank only has to keep 90, or 10% of their right feds, their deposits on, on, in the bank, right? In branch. So the other 90% is elsewhere. And that elsewhere is the people vaulting, warehousing, storing money. So there's companies probably around here in Houston, right? That you would never even think about it, but there's trillions of dollars in there. <laughs> so the, there's two things that you guys said with, with respect to right now, the federal reserve, the relationship that you guys have built there. And then the concept of setting yourselves up to be almost like a brink security secure company, but in cannabis, you guys were already thinking about federal legalization, what that may look like from day one. And that's how I know you guys are going to be successful because you had a strategy and a vision. And so you heard the consensus amongst us is absolutely that legalization at the federal level level will take a few years. And so if you're looking to get into the industry, the time really is right now, but it's to be strategic and figure out how you want to enter the market, knowing the bigger players will come. And when I mean bigger players, big alcohol, tobacco, big pharma, Walmart, they're all going to want to come in. Amazon, how are you going to get yourself into this industry? If you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, don't be dumb. This is the place to come. Truck and hustle. Let's go.